0: All right. uh, welcome to the alfalfa podcast everybody we are four radically moderate entrepreneur and investor friends seeking the alfalfa and money in life we are eric johansson steven cesaro nick Rabani is having an amazing time in new york this week we miss you nick and i am arman asadi wow you're bringing the intro back oh yeah i'm bringing wow. some, some things back Jeez. um hello to the chat <laughs> what's up everybody on youtube live if you're here listening live watching live thank oh you thank god there. basil's back um Got some amazing people in the house. You guys can't pick on me anymore. Listening uh, to the podcast after the fact. Thank you for tuning in again this week. We really appreciate it. Um, This week, what is going on over there?
1: I always forget to. uh... Uh,
0: (laughs) So, this week we are um, making some shifts. The experiment continues. I'll tell you about that in a second. We're going to begin with our latest insights and moves in money and business in the alfalfa round. Then we're gonna be doing a deep dive on room temperature uh, superconductors, Woo! which we're very excited to dig into. Uh, they sound well,
1: lamer when you throw the room temperature in front of it, don't they? Ambience,
0: whatever. <laughs> Is there a way to spice it up more? I don't know. <laughs>
1: Just call them superconductors. Super sounds conductors. sexy. Super. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> uh, lukewarm uh, superconductors.
0: <laughs> and then we'll be closing, perhaps, with a bit of a life alfalfa discussion. Um, you can support the pod by becoming an alfalfa member with a monthly donation head to alfalfapod.com, I added the link there, or the link is in the show notes below. And uh, you can get your comments on the live stream by going through this link and donating to the pod. Shout out to all the community who have been supporting the podcast, thank you. Um, We actually had one uh, this week that I'll read out from Elevate Bliss for $169. New high score. Uh, New high score, score. top of the leaderboard, Elevate Bliss. Um, His comment is, keep up the great work, boys. Don't make the pod too scripture, uh, too organized, uh, too structured, flow with... Uh, why, did I, why, why is it like this in my notes? I copy-pasted it. Uh, 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 don't
1: make the pod too
0: scripted. Check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, what I love about Alfalfa is that it's like a fireside chat with my best friends every single week. Looking forward to catching you all in person again ASAP. We actually met elevate at um eat denver east denver and it sounds like he'll be a permissionless which is very exciting hell yeah so another easy way you guys can support the podcast is just send a friend a recent favorite episode i think that's a great way to spread the word if you haven't done that before please do so and make sure you're subscribed uh, at alfalfapod.com so Stephen is hosting us this week with alcohol with beverages uh what are we drinking Stephen? That's right. I, I went a
1: little out there uh this week. I picked up a a, a Zibibo. Sorry. You ever had that? I'm sorry? What now? Uh, yeah, see. Zibibo. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh a... It's a it's a weird grape. I've never heard of that. It's like uh it it's apparently like from the the muscat family, which is normally like a really sweet grape. And it's kind of a weird grape because it it, it makes, like, very sweet wine, but it also makes wine like this that's, like, a little bit... Can I do, like, a spelling bee? Country of origin, please? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's from Italy. Southern Italy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how many grapes there are. Like, when you think of, like, 11, not 12 at the top of your head, and there's, like, thousands. It's kind of crazy. Um, But then I also brought you a a red for the dessert from... uh, uh, a, a Barolo, because I know that oh, yeah. you are a Barolo man. A man of the finest. I love miss. my Barolos. I've been on finest Barolo taste. tip for a while now. What do, you, what do you think of this one?
0: Well, I just had my first or second sip. Does it meet your
1: standards? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. Great okay, work, good. Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for this. Um, and speaking of, we just had our Z-Biotics before we started drinking. So thank you to our sponsor, Z-Biotics. I think this is one of the best bits of Alfalfa we've had on the show. We actually reached out to them to sponsor the podcast because we liked it so much. So Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic. It helps you not feel like shit the next day, and it seriously works. And that's what we've been telling everybody. So head to zbiotics.com forward slash alfalfa. You'll get 15% off by using the code alfalfa. Jordan, if you want to drop the link as well for people. And um, when you feel like shit in the morning, it's not because of dehydration, which is what we've commonly come to learn um, it's actually a toxic byproduct called, are you ready for this? Aso- Acetaldehyde. Thank you. <laughs> I even have it phonetically spelled Nick, out. Here for Nick me. did it better. And um, Z Biotics breaks this toxin down, and it was invented by a PhD microbiologists, and um, they've done a great job. So we don't drink without it anymore, especially on days where we're going to have at least a couple drinks. And um, it allows you to get up the next day, be productive, not feel like shit, work out. And it's worked for us, so try it out. They also, I was looking at their site today. They actually do have a guarantee, so if you don't like it, you can send it back and get your money back. So, mm. head to slash alfalfa for that. Mm. Yes, is it a so forward slash or a backslash? I've never heard of a backslash. Mm. Isn't it always a forward? Slash? I don't know.
1: You said it, and I just, I was just thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, Stephen, we've been talking about the pod lately, you know, all four of us, but uh, we've decided to kind of. You know, I put out this survey to the community recently and we're we're always iterating, right? We're always trying to learn how we can do better, how we can make this podcast more fun, more valuable for our listeners, for our community, because it's not just a podcast, it's a community as well. And everyone knows that this is just one great big experiment and we just continuously are doing our best to make it more entertaining and valuable for everybody. So why don't you explain just kind of where we landed with this next step of the iteration?
1: Yeah, um... I mean, we we figured out that it seems like people really like the uh, the actual alfalfa a little bit. Wouldn't say a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know we put it right there in the the title, but that's uh that's what the people want. So we're gonna try to do a little more of that. Um, be a little less uh, U.S. centric in some of our our our, our stuff. Um, because I know we've got a big uh, international audience there. We do so be a little more mindful of that thank you guys it's like it's almost half the freaking audience at this point
2: incredible feedback though like oh yeah thank you for mentioning that. that's like amazing uh, some of
0: like our like the comments from people in general because i made the survey anonymous like hoping people would just be brutally honest and their brutal honesty was just very positive overall and um we really appreciate you guys those of you that filled it out and if you haven't you still can it's in the discord i linked to it but
1: yeah, I think we're, we're gonna yeah. try to do a better job too of um, getting a little out of like the kind of crypto rut. We're not gonna stop doing crypto, and a lot of you guys. Well, like really, the, the crypto. big learning
0: was make sure we're doing money. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't love the lose money, the
1: money. But we wanna we wanna bring like the kind of experiences of everybody to the pod a yep. little bit more because you and Nick are Business doing really cool things. stuff, and yeah. we don't want the whole show to be about
0: charting meme coins. Yeah, I think the big thing was like probably cut or reduce the politics especially the US centric stuff and maybe even some of the life stuff, but have that be maybe more in the background, in the foreground, just being the intersection and us exploring things that we find interesting uh, around money and business, our businesses, our backgrounds, the things we're working in. And of course, life when it's appropriate. Um, But today, you know, for example, talking about superconductors, I mean, there's so many applications for this that, you know, from a financial perspective, trading perspective, philosophy perspective technology perspective it affects everything so it's a really big topic but um yeah i mean before we get to that let's talk about our weeks yeah yeah i want to hear about what's What's going on first me yeah all right fine
1: Oh god, that just reminded me, of, that's the, your, <laughs> that reminded me that's of the your video. Oh, the video where I'm arguing with myself. Uh, boom. We, I need to watch that again. We should, watch that. We, should we should play you that on the pod. Boom, I know so that <laughs> <laughs> we, we've that never be, played that, have we? That needs to be like linked in the podcast. Uh, Jordan, can we set like, that up uh, for next week where we play that, that video
0: to start the show? Uh, yeah.
1: That was so good. So um yeah, this week was a crazy week in uh in trading land. We had a lot of stuff going on. Um, Got a bunch of stuff here to kind of throw out to you guys if it sounds interesting. Uh, We had the launch of Coinbase's Layer 2 base, which featured uh, a massive rug and allegations that uh, Sam Bankman Freed was the rugger. Bald. (laughs) That was pretty crazy. Um, DOJ announced actions, potential actions against Binance today. Um, And then we also saw. ETH Futures, um a, a big uh big push for uh, applications for ETH futures ETFs today. Um some kind of interesting stuff uh going on in the market there. Um I think I'm gonna focus in on the uh, the the Coinbase one first because I think there's there's like an interesting byline here. Um yeah. th- were, were you following what happened? with what with a so so coinbase's layer 2 base launch somebody made a meme coin the called meme
0: coin, bald and then they rugged it right and then they rugged
1: it after it went yeah. but some people two made days later, like 500 or 1000 or 50,000 like yeah some guy turned $500 into $500,000 you yeah. the, you followed the whole thing on twitter in yeah. a span of like 24 hours and then the dev basically just pulled the liquidity and the coin went to zero and then the the crypto twitter detective started putting out all yeah. these analysis and like why the Guy who rugged the project might actually be. There was there SPF. was some like,
2: non spurious correlation to FTX uh, wallet addresses FTX, or uh, related. The, it
1: was a combination of like doing a, a, a analysis on the wallet address and their interactions with stuff, but then people the were also they were doing. Typing. They were yeah the, the the grammar and the words grammar. that the the Twitter account said well, that
0: was pointing to Sam. Right? It was pointing to Sam. Well, it, what what what. what probability do you guys assign to it being sam or someone related to sam
1: it could be also be sam tribucco who was the other ftx guy Th- this is the guy who sailed off on a yacht and like left the company a month before all the being an alameda guy right yeah, yeah. he was a, he was an al- or and guy. caroline are, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> are just living you up you guys think it's
0: one of them uh, well he, it, seemed, it <laughs> seems
1: like there's a there's a chance there Really? Um, yeah that's so, so fucked up funny never a dull day in crypto um there's some alpha in all this chaos though this um, industry
0: is it's so just, fucked. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's so um, bad. I
1: don't know if you guys saw, but you probably didn't because it's a, a little bit of a nuance. But I, I saw like the the, the revenue generated by um, the base layer in this time frame, and it, it looks like it was about eighty million or so, in annualized, and this is net. By so the that's way. a
2: that's a that's like a a profit that goes to uh, Coinbase, the company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so material. Yeah, we've been talking about Coin Stock a lot <laughs> in the last few months, and it, it's done—it's uh, done quite well. And one oh, no. of the things we pointed out was this this launch of this this Layer Two base. Because when this happened months ago, the announcement, the stock did nothing. It was very apparent that Wall yeah. Street either was not paying attention or didn't think anything was here. Um, so that's like interesting like a 85 million a year in revenue is is nothing to nothing to scoff at and no, this is this is all pre I mean, this is, this is just people gambling on So I'm, I'm on looking forward to
2: tomorrow coins. tomorrow they're going to report earnings and I'm wondering to what extent they talk about the launch of base and this yeah. uh you know net revenue run rate that that you're describing like are they going to talk about it on their call probably I mean it's if it's profitable to the business
1: hmm.
2: I mean I think everyone's expecting their revenues to be lower just because trading volumes have been down and they got smacked with like uh, something from the SEC saying you can't trade any coins except for Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So, Which they
0: did not comply with, right? Didn't he say that if I had complied to this, complied to this, it just would have been the end of crypto in America? Yeah. Which yeah. I agree with. He's right. Is this, is this going to show up in next quarter's earnings? Well, I just
2: wonder if they talk about it, you know, like if they talk about it on the call, like, you know, they, they report the last quarter's earnings in the, in the numbers, but then they also talk about their forward guide. Well, I'm
1: curious about that. Yeah. But you're, you're thinking they may forward guide. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, and they'll revenue. clearly talk about okay. what's
2: going on in their company that, you know, obviously you want to, they might want to like,
1: not really talk about it that much since like the first use case of their chain was to basically steal a bunch of money rug. from, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not right. a good look for us. Um, yeah, one more thing that I mentioned here, because I think there's some some good alpha in here, is we, we saw a lot of uh, people announcing that they were filing for an Ethereum futures ETF um, today and, and yesterday. This was kind of like the hot uh, thing on the market and people, you know, wondering why is this the case? Why is there suddenly this like push for like an Ethereum futures ETF? Um, I think the prevailing theory is that like the, the SEC basically just has no legal leg to stand on in allowing uh, a bitcoin futures etf and not allowing an ethereum futures etf because the etf itself is just like a wrapper for the the cme futures right it doesn't even have anything to do really with like there's no coins in the etf like if you buy the bitcoin etf you're just buying futures that are traded and already approved um by uh by the CME, you know, who who's, who's been listing uh, Bitcoin futures for a while, um, so that's interesting. That could be a uh, you know a, a big bullish catalyst for Ethereum. Uh, and then the thing we saw in the market today that was interesting was that the grayscale Ethereum uh, product ETH uh, E, which is a kind of like the the cousin to to GBTC, um that was up I think seven eight nine percent today at one point, mm. while Ethereum was was down so the market is is kind of pricing in a, a closing of those two things and that's like an interesting trade if you have like a lot of money in a TradFi account and you want exposure to crypto um i think this morning buying eth e uh was like equivalent to basically buying ethereum at like 1100 bucks like it trades at an enormous really? discount a huge so discount. that discount should just go whoop if like this ends up getting approved so yeah grayscale uh, <laughs> grayscale ethereum could be an interesting play if you're kind of bullish on both Ethereum and this sort of ETF thing blowing over and, and uh, us getting an ETH futures ETF. I
2: think I think kind of like yes and no, because like, there is opportunity there, but the risk is so high. Yeah, I, How I'd high like, do
0: you sign that risk? Uh,
2: too high for me. I'd rather just yeah. like own ETH spot, you Got know, it. like the actual coin, I would rather. Only a
0: gambling amount would, would be worthwhile. For me, for me, for but, this, but, right? but I also but see... But that gambling amount is just for what? For the sake of a discount? But but it doesn't feel worth a like it. like, 40% discount. Like, imagine it if is you're a large discount.
2: Okay, yeah, true. I mean, you get compensated for that risk. But like a yeah. um, like you also get compensated for, for owning ETH just by owning the spot. So like I, I would be okay just owning spot. I think like what you mentioned on the on the future side, like I'm I'm not interested in the in the futures product. Um I wouldn't buy it. Um but I think what it represents to me is like sort of like crypto fighting back and like sort of on the front lines like g- capturing a little bit more land you know like they're, they're like pressing against and and that represents something uh, bullish mm-hmm. to me not necessarily i, d- I don't want to own like yeah no- nobody futures. really
1: should buy these futures etfs yeah. because you have this kind of bleed that happens because every month the futures contracts roll over and yeah. they're usually priced at a premium so every single month you're just eating that over and over and over again like if you look at the return over time of like buying the bitcoin futures etf or bitcoin futures versus just buying bitcoin it's like a huge drag like you you vastly um this is similar to what happens if you try to buy oil by buying like uso or whatever it's the same exact um, concept so it's it's not a good thing for people to buy eth but i think it is like a stepping stone to an actual Um, ethereum spot etf at some point in the future uh, which is why i think this is really cool Um, and i think the price action today is interesting because it shows there's like it's like a lot of i think like institutional money to some degree that's coming in and wants exposure to the space and the hopium i think is that they're just not buying spot right now because there's just like this regulatory uncertainty with Binance, there's not a lot of liquidity in the market because a lot of the market makers have been driven out with all the craziness that's happened.
2: And it's hard to do. It's hard to do from like a custodial perspective to like actually buy real spot ETH, um, you know, in like tradfi accounts.
1: Yeah, let's just answer Noah's question. We can move on. He's just saying, what's the downside to to ETH E? Uh, what's the failure case? I don't think there's really a, a failure case. I think the 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 downside is effectively that your money is trapped in this trust and like there's no way to sort of exchange the the shares of the trust for actual eth in the same way that you can exchange like shares of like the Gld gold trust for like actual gold like that arbitrage doesn't exist so it's kind of like this one-way door right now
2: I mean that's the most tangible uh, risk but I also think if you like give your money to a company that may go bankrupt uh, you know grayscale or you know the the company that is above grayscale. It's like you give them your money for some promise in the future. It's like, it's not certain that you're going to see that again.
1: I I don't think that that's, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so please don't take this seriously. Um, but like, I, I don't think that that's like a huge risk. I think the main risk is that your money gets locked up into perpetuity and then you're paying these guys a 2% annualized management fee. So that's like a huge drag. So if you think that's going to take 10 years for this to resolve, then you're, gonna, you're basically losing automatically like 20, 25% of your, your return. You, know, you can kind of see why that might be reflected into the price. Um, so, yeah, interesting play if anybody wants to make it. What do you guys got?
2: You go.
0: Are you sure? Okay. So I was, uh, <laughs> I was a D-Gen this week as far as D-Gen go, things go for me. Um, first and foremost, I tried to execute a few crypto purchases, did a little shopping. How'd that go? It took like four and a half hours to do like four things. It was, it was so absurd. It was just so absurd, annoying. Because and the, the blockchain was uh, congested? plugging
1: it and yeah. plugging it back I in? I wish that it would be Blow as simple into the as like blowing in the cartridge. <laughs> and, you know,
0: honestly, I was just joking Like before we started recording. It was easier to like do torrents and all that kind of stuff 20 years ago. Than it is to do. So it's like, like a UX problem. It's, it's like a, it's a UX and UI problem. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like the simplest stuff is just so obscenely difficult because you have all these different assets on different chains, on different layers of chains, and it's just impossible. And every app seems to want to try to fix this. I don't know if you guys saw like MetaMask has bridging now. I noticed this while I was trying to resolve all of my issues yesterday, but. That's not the alfalfa. The alfalfa here is, um, so you guys may have seen or heard uh, that crypto dick butts. I can't believe I'm even saying this. Um, wow, we're so, CBDs. we're so back. Crypto yeah. dick butts. So Talking about dick butts again. Very important preface here. I know that people are absolutely over NFTs, but I like that because this is the time that I want to do my shopping for for tokens, for for. NFTs for everything. Like, I want people to be so over it that um, there, there is no market for these things. And that's exactly what we're experiencing in particular in NFTs right now, in crypto in general, right? Like, there just hasn't been much to talk about other than catastrophes and the occasional positive sign. But then that positive sign goes from one moment, like, we're back to like the next minute. It's like, oh my God, this industry is so immature to, to you know, the bald thing. But this week I decided a few things. When the news came out about Series 4 crypto butts coming out, um, really it's like in our minds it's Series 2 because you've only ever known one CBD, crypto dick butt. I'm going to try and yeah, well, prevent well, myself from saying crypto well, dick butt all, all day long. C- CDBs? Um, so there's really like, like one that. in your mind, but they're, they're basically like three series. The first one was like 50 of them and then another 100 of them and then you they know, look, another They 5, look 000. the same. They're all the same basically, okay. but... So there's a new, so here's what got announced. The guy just comes on Twitter, um, Daddy or Didi or whatever, uh, you know, the owner of this. And he's like, basically, I'm handing the keys over. I'm doing this mint. Um, whoever owns the most across all seasons takes control of the whole project in a nutshell. It's kind gets of the discord.
1: It's kind of funny. It's the
0: Twitter gets everything. And I think gets like one treasury vote. That part was like a little bit unclear. Like, do they get all the. Assets, like everything. Um, I think they do get most of it, and I think they get a treasury seat. So the way the community responded to this was just like, oh, this is just another rug, like just an eloquent rug. He's over it. He's walking away, cashing out, it's kind diluting of cool everybody. Exit strategy. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice little exit strategy. Dilute everybody, all the holders and um basically hand the keys over to somebody else and not have to deal with any of this shit from a regulatory perspective from a responsibility perspective whatever yeah, and i saw the community itself which by the way is made, is has no diversity in terms of ownership the actual number of unique owners is so low in this but that was also another thing i kind of liked about it is like we've talked about crypto dickbutts before in the sense that there's like a similar thing going on with them and punks and mfers and i think that So they were at, like, 1.5 ETH when this got announced, and it dumped. It dumped to, like, maybe it was a little less than 1.5. I don't remember exactly, but it dumped to, like, 0.6. So I got some. And then I checked out the Mint, and the Mint was happening for 0.065. And the Mint, for those of you that saw it, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if you can still play the game, but one person tweeted that, This is the best first-person shooter since like Doom or something (laughs) like that. Like it was actually an incredible game. So you play a game to to, to mint to get the mint to mint the NFTs. Wow! And and the way you can't mint the NFTs if you don't win the game and get to the place where you're killing a Sam Bakeman Freed baby. You're killing an (laughs) SBF baby to mint. It's super dark. The whole thing was really dark. Is it dark. SBF
1: before he becomes SBF or is it like a baby with SBS's face? God, very, I don't know. <laughs> That's like the, that sounds like the old like, would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler thing. Oh my God. I think you're ever thinking it. <laughs> yeah, I
0: like <laughs> that though. It's a thought so, exercise. Um, unclear. Maybe some people decided not to kill the baby. I understand. So anyway, <laughs> incredible minting process and I minted it and um, I mean... CBDs are up. So you still had your gaming any... chops. That's uh, that's yeah. surprising. I couldn't believe it. It took me a minute to figure it out. I was to like, like win that game. Playing on the keyboard, like W, <laughs> yeah. move left, right, all this stuff. Which one does what? And everything in the game was like there were all these little secrets. Like you could shoot at something and it would cause something to happen. The point of this is that people are so over this and it's so diluted at this point because they just added another five, 6,000 NFTs to the project. But the fact that Crypto Dickbutts like went down, came back up are holding strong doesn't have a lot of unique ownership but i see it as one of those things that might have like long-term holding power and um total degen play probably will go to zero like every other nft not financial advice but i i wanted them just to edify you there um like
2: i was a crypto punk holder at one time and there was like this like whatsapp thread with all punk holders steven's a punk holder so he's probably in that yeah. but like th- these are all like the who's who Big of, crossover yeah like everybody who's in that punks thread like also owns dick butts so yeah. it, like to me it seemed it seemed like a good play at some point where i was like yeah i'd, I'd buy some Dude, dick butts. i think
0: there's only like 500 or a thousand people that own like a dick butt
2: so uh, like it's a small number what's happened to the floor like you said it's back to, up to you know to like you, one eth to any okay, so,
0: I mean it's nice because I got in at like 0. .6 something. That's great. Already made money on it. Again, no telling like could go could go to zero, but um, yeah. And then I got a bunch of the uh, of the new ones because you could mint up to a hundred of them. Damn, yeah. But in in NFT land, it only took them three days to to mint or something like that. Which these days, like that's really short because there's there's nobody in this there's nobody doing anything anymore. So anyway, I did that, and then I bought some Solana, shoved in, and I bought some Flow. And I put, of the amount I wanted to put in, I put 65% towards Solana and 35% toward Flow. And these are two things that I wanted to own outside of Bitcoin Ethereum. And um, I'm happy about it. I'm looking at this as a long-term kind of play here. And I hope to be able to cycle out of flow in particular is like 40 X from its all time highs. Like it's, it's down that much. Um, I think at its peak, down, it was in the down 97 90 and a half percent, something, you know, almost a hundred percent. It's at like 58 cents. And I think at its peak, it was like in the $40 range, $50 range. Um, and then of course, Solana, we've talked about it, you know, the story, but I felt it was time to get in there. And, um, yeah, I hope to be able to cycle out of these um, and get back into more Bitcoin Ethereum. That's yeah, the that's plan. the plan. That's
2: the plan. It's like a faster horse and then yeah. you go back into like a that's the plan.
1: safer horse. I I and if you, I, I wish lose, you the best of luck on
0: your flow. But yeah. Well you're the one that talked about flow and now you want to get into it. I talked about it.
1: buying flow as a trade with a tight stop this loss of dollar ten. Of and flow, then the when way. like I was and then I was like, This thing is going to zero. Have fun. You never said that. It's
0: you say that right now because I say I bought flow. It's very convenient. No, when you told me no. you were going to buy flow no. two
1: weeks ago, I was like, please
0: don't buy flow. Two weeks ago. I've been buying flow for a long time. Yeah, this I also said it to I you a long time ago. Harder. I was like, Okay, I like this price range. But you're the one that on the pod don't make pull it up on on the on the transcript. Yeah, you're the one as a about.
1: trade and in the context of it, I was probably like, this thing is probably still going to zero, but it might okay, double. So what's first. what's
0: wrong with doing the same thing? I'm doing the same exact thing.
1: I, I don't know. I just like. Um,
0: I'm playing it the same way. It might be going to zero.
1: I know, but I just think if you just want to buy a generic like exposure to NFT type play, like I would way rather buy like uh, Blur. I think is like. Uh, Kind of broad exposure. I mean, to there's a bunch an of infinite stuff.
0: number of shit coins that we could.
1: Do no, there's not. With. There's actually very few coins. I think you can legitimately buy to get broad exposure to NFTs. It's actually an interesting problem mm, because it's not
0: about the exposure to NFTs for me. It's just something that I think. We're just like, throwing darts at a dartboard. Yeah, for all coins. Yeah, not we not should we Solana, should get that by we, the
1: way. We should just like just throw. Get a, dart. a dartboard. All right, right, we're buying on it? Bob Coin.
0: All right. I'm not I mad mean, at that idea. Like I, I Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic. Inu, I mean, people m- made half a million dollars buying bald. That's literally. The did you
1: say? Thing. Did you see that I got a chart request in the Discord today to chart uh Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic Inu coin? <laughs> I didn't even make that up. It's an actual coin.
0: I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
2: legit.
1: I, not. I know, my life. My mom only knew. So. Anyway, well, look, I'm not gonna hate on your thing. I'm you a are big hating guy. on
0: it. You are hating on it hardcore. That's what you do, Steven, Sometimes that's what you do. Look, I'm this I'm is just exactly uh, what you do. When I it's your I move, just don't it's like the smartest thing in the world. Want you your to light 35 percent like, of your money on fire. 35 percent of my money. How do you know it was? Maybe it was three <laughs> dollars. You, know you just told me you put 65. No, 35
1: of his desired allocation. Yeah. yeah, your money, your desired allocation. Okay,
0: well, I mean, you guys. This is a funny thing to me. Everyone degens at the peak of the bull run when there's nothing left to gain and then now when you want to degen it's like the wrong time and this is the right time in my opinion this is the right time that you degen especially if you're willing to hold on to these things for a period of time going into the next bull market this is when i want to accumulate those things this is when i I want to play these these bets not when there's euphoria and it's like i'm chasing i don't want to chase yes right time maybe wrong coin you don't believe in fundamentals and now suddenly you believe in the fundamentals of the coin
1: I believe in fundamentals. I fundamentally. What you guys be-
0: argue about this every week. I fundamentally okay.
1: believe that almost all of these things are going to zero. That's
0: no. You're doing this this circle <laughs> thing <laughs> on, on, on me right that now, is a, That is no, what we call Eric a foundational it, principle. Yes or no? Disagree with me if you like, but do you not? Isn't he? Isn't he? What Mr. are the Charter? What are the fundamentals of? Isn't he Mr. 12? Charter? Well,
2: obviously, I mean, okay. obviously, he's Mr. Charter, but I don't think he ignores the fact that that there are. Um, reasons to buy something as well as um, candles.
0: You you guys have specifically discussed that the reasons do not matter. The only thing that matters is the chart. For Do space.
1: you see me buying every random coin? No. Or do I have like a few coins where I'm like, I'm gonna buy this as a spot buy for the. Bull. I will trade anything, but like trading to me is different than like I'm gonna buy this and hold it for one to three years and then maybe like offload it. Okay, I'm moving. I want to maximize my. Chance. I
0: am not going to to get. He will not. The moves he will not take this. I'm not. It's. it's uh, this is a whole topic that I don't. I'm moving on. I like the dick butts. I like dick butts play. No, I've, I've I'm like, moving on. I've been wanting. I like
1: your dick butts play. Just take the W. I've been wanting your dick butts. I don't butt. need a W. Love or an dick L. butts.
0: What I need is like <laughs> I'm sharing my alfalfa. It's my alfalfa. Like that's it. So this <laughs> is that's fucking it. Like there's so this nothing is a good else. segue actually because like um, you know I think
2: you you accurately portrayed accurately portrayed Stephen and I as like a sort of like a traditional investor and then like a you know like a charter right But I think everybody knows that that's where we sit in our stations but I think of them as tools not as like this is your hard and fast way. So like I've been trying to like understand charting better. And, you know, I talked to you guys about, um, going through ICTs, uh, YouTube, uh, tutorials and stuff to like, to try to understand that tool more. And something I want to talk about with you guys is like, let's say we're, we're, let's say we're in a bull market now. Right. And like before it was a bear market and bear market is potentially over. Like something that I'm seeing on like high frames, Steven, um, I'm seeing like I'm seeing up only which would signify that it would validate you that like we're in a bull market again but I don't think that bull markets similar to bear markets they don't go in a straight line but we have been going in a straight line since January essentially and some some markets yeah yeah so I'm I'm thinking about Nasdaq mostly yeah and like when I look at Nasdaq the chart on like a weekly time frame um when I look at the weekly Nasdaq it is literally every week green for six months feels bad man and when i look when i look at this i'm like i'm also seeing that like we're going to like seasonal weakness right like august september is kind of like a soft time for for risk assets you know on a calendar perspective plus we have like things that ict talks about like there's a lot of fair value gaps below us there's a lot of like room i think for a retrace so even if this is a bull market like we could go lower and are you getting,
1: talking about crypto or are you talking about everything are i'm kind talking of talking about, about
2: everything yeah. but like nasdaq is is sort of my leading indicator for this but like I yeah, you're,
1: you're saying like we moved up so quickly like price didn't really have a chance to find any sort of balance it just kind of went Precisely. Straight up. and, and
2: even then. if this is a bull market that we could see like a better buying opportunity um in the in the near term like in the next two months, um, just based on like my limited understanding of the charts, as I'm like trying to broaden my perspective and like you know get better at using these other tools, I'm like, wow. Well, you know, as I look at the, as, as I look at this stuff, it's like maybe maybe now kind of is chasing when you look at it At a certain time frame. You know, have have you looked at that? Yeah,
1: I I, I mean I I've thought that uh, TradFi. Stocks look a little sketchy. Um, We hit some kind of key levels in the Nasdaq and S and P last week, um, like key weekly levels, and we kind of price went above them and failed to hold and broke down a little bit, and that's usually like a sign of weakness. Like you don't. It literally looked like a liquidity grab of like
2: the previous highs. It's like, oh, thanks, take that. And then now, yeah, I'm
1: I'm not buying stocks right now. Like I think that we. I'm still kind of longer term bullish on them i'm kind of short term eh? um but if we do get like a dip in stocks i would buy it in the fall
2: that's what i'm saying i I think that's where i'm like what i'm alluding to and i'm like i'm looking for better entries but i i want to be bullish here uh like particularly in the assets i've already talked about i want to buy eth i want to buy optimism i want to buy arbitrum and i want to buy uh good stocks that i feel comfortable with um but my alfalfa alpha for this week is like what I've been really looking into is like, what are the ramifications of the superconductor if if this is a real thing, like what what could potentially benefit from from this being real?
1: Mm, yeah. So that was another thing I did this week, but I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to jump the gun, right? But, but I, I'm
2: using this as like a a transition, you yes, know,
1: like it's a good transition.
2: Yeah. So you know. I know we want to talk about this on a, like a broader scale. So like I obviously approach it from a, a money perspective, but you know, why don't, can you guys, do, one do, of you guys, do want to like, give some background? Yeah. Maybe on like what the hell's lead into year. what, what we're talking about here. Like,
1: yeah. So th- this has been like kind of an interesting meta question to me. I'm like, this has consumed my life for the last like four days. And i am actually been curious of like, did, do does anybody else like outside of, my little bubble, are they even thinking about this? Do they even know what's happening? And the the answer seems to be no, not a clue. Uh, (laughs) um, So end of last week, there was this uh, Korean team that published a paper um, basically sort of insinuating that they had produced a material which could be uh, construed as like a sort of a room temperature uh, semiconductor. Super. Super. Uh, sorry superconductor my god i already blew it too much wine anyway do you guys know what a superconductor is we do now you do now look at you
2: yeah I i mean to be to be completely honest with you this entire conversation was foreign to me up until this event where i'm like okay beginning my beginning my research of like what the fuck is a superconductor and why does it matter
1: yeah uh well, I guess you have to first establish what is what is a conductor? Right? Yeah. Electricity like just we'll just do this like super high level. Um, so a conductor is something where electrical charge flows through it pretty easily. And then you have materials that are insulators and they resist the sort of flow of electrical charge. Metals tend to be good at this. Like a lot of our wire is copper. Um, you know, electrons can flow through uh, these types of uh, substances really easily. Um, and they're really good at conducting electricity. Um, but one of the problems you have when electricity flows through wires is you encounter something called resistance. Like yeah, electrons don't flow through smoothly; they bump into each other. Uh, you know they lose energy, and that energy is dissipated as as heat. And then the system itself sort of loses energy, right? And you see this like with uh with power lines. This is like a huge problem with le- electricity. It's like really hard actually to take electricity, make it somewhere. And then transport it somewhere else because you have a lot of loss along the way. Like battery, battery technology is very difficult because you you lose a lot of energy in the in, in the process. Like it's it's actually like a huge um, it's 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 a huge problem in like a lot of areas. Um, so a superconductor is interesting. It's like a material where like the the electrons instead of sort of like bumping into each other and and, and dissipating uh, and lo- losing energy, like they sort of like pair up and they just go through smoothly so you can have electricity flow through something and just have basically like no loss
2: zero loss of energy yeah
1: which has like insane you know uh, implications depending on like the degree to which the material actually conducts
2: so superconductors do exist already right prior to this uh prior to this sort of like development superconductors do exist right do yeah, they do exist. Well, like we can create a can material create that it? is super conductive.
1: Yeah, uh, we have we have superconductors. The problem with them tends to be that they have to operate at an extraordinarily low temperature. Yeah. Think like negative 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Or yeah, something. you need like liquid and then oftentimes at like yeah, extremely extremely high pressure. So if you have a really high pressure, like the type of pressure you have like underneath the ocean and the submarine that exploded. Um, or you have, like, really cold temperatures, there's some combination of the two, it, like, enhances... the It allows these materials to be superconductors, but at room temperature, they're not. And this is, like, a problem because, like, you can't have power lines at, like, negative 200 degrees. It's, it's just not practical, um, you know? So we we have them. We know they exist, but, like, the applications of, of them are, like, super niche because, like, we can't use them at, at a room temperature. So yeah. that's kind of, like, the, the key here is that this is a... Ten, uh, superconductor that may operate at close to room so temperature. So these
2: three Korean guys, um, they were able to, like, design a specific alloy that has these superconductivity properties without that cold or pressure um,
0: yeah. caveat. And can I yeah. nudge this along a little bit? Yeah. So I think it's like, there's obviously a debate about, like, did they actually do it? Is it repeatable? Um and, and there's a, a, a lot of attention around that. And we don't want to dig into that because that's not our area of expertise. Yes. Um, and of course, I think what's really interesting here is like, well, what are the ramifications of this? What does it mean for society? What does it mean for your finances? What are the potential uh, trades that yeah, you can make? Yeah, how do you make? play it? Yeah. How do you play it? And what does it mean for for everything? Geopolitically, our future, technology. And that's where things are really, are really, really interesting and if anything i think that this thing is in its own little bubble right now as steven was saying like uh, amongst just you know our little echo chamber totally but if this is what we think it is we're going to talk we're going to go through this conversation as if it is and i think we also go through this conversation as even if it is not it is an inevitability i mean there was news of this in march there was news of this in june like this is something that scientists are investing a lot of time research and money into so I view it as an inevitability. We'll eventually get there. So let's play the conversation yeah. as if we're going to eventually get there.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I want people to like grasp that. Like this is like and, this is like a big deal. Yeah. Like, if this were to happen, this is like on par so with let's like the invention of like a the big deal. transistor. Yeah, I mean, why is this
0: a big deal? Like, here, I'm, I'm curious what what you guys have have learned. I mean, I am absolutely you know new to this, but you know, power grids first of all. We lose a lot of heat because of the resistance, right? So heat lost is like tremendous. There's a tremendous amount of heat loss that is like equivalent to like certain amount of countries' energy, other countries, small countries' energy. So this reduces the cost. It makes wind and solar much more efficient, so it's very bullish for sustainability and renewable energy. Uh, Climate change, it reduces gas emissions. On a national level, I kind of approached my, my research on this as like, how does it approach us on a national level how does it approach us technologically? How does it approach a, How does it? How does it affect us financially? And then, what are just any risks? You know, in general, like what are the downside? You know, of all of this. And then, what does the future look like? So, with um, on a national level, you know, the countries that get access to this first, it'll be very interesting to see who does get access to this first. Assuming again that this is repeatable and um, access to. I think a strong R&D budget is something I was thinking about, and strong manufacturing is going to have a huge advantage. So superpower countries are going to get a huge head start. And getting a head start with something like this is like, I mean, it's a completely you know, different game that you'll be in. I mean, you'll be far, far away from every other country um, if you if you're a first mover. If you have regulatory agility to be able to move this forward in a way that actually is like, works with your governments and regulation agencies to be able to um, build quickly. Um, Economic influence, so this is another thing. OPEC, for example, right, Um, with oil, influences oil prices. So if we have a handful of countries that are first movers toward this, it'll be very interesting to see how they might exert certain types of control. But these are just things at a national um, level and more geopolitically I'm curious like what, what were the biggest things that stood out to you guys in terms of how this might be used and the areas that you think it'll impact us the most I've been thinking about this a lot I thought
1: the I think the most interesting areas is, is probably in the realm of like I don't know how likely it is we get there immediately but over the longer time horizon uh, like fusion mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. Um so, if you, if you, like a lot of our our nuclear power right now is like fission, where you're 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 splitting the atom. But there's also like a tremendous release of energy when you fuse atoms. I think this is I think this is how the hydrogen bomb operate operated. It was like a it's like a separ- it, you, they use like a nuclear uh, like a, a fission device to cause like a fusion reaction. They take like um, two hydrogen isotopes and basically smush them together, and then it creates this massive release of energy. Um, the problem with um, fusion reactions, as I understand it, is like you're you're working with plasma, which is basically like superheated gas. Anything plasma touches just is like incinerated, right? So the way they contain plasmas, they use like magnetic fields. It's just like ball of plasma and like a reactor basically yeah. being held up by magnetic fields. But creating those magnetic fields is super energy intensive and in doing so with like the the stuff we have right now we just have massive loss so we can create these reactions but we can't create them in a way where we get more energy out than we put in so uh, superconductors would enable us to basically contain that reaction in like a far more cost-effective manner and like that would be just you want to talk about crazy stuff like imagine a world where energy is basically just infinitely Mm -hmm. abundant like that's that's a world we can't imagine today it's like the most critical thing to our lives right now other than like water and food really and it's something that is kind of scarce and it's a source of a lot of strife in the world wars are fought over this and the way we make energy right now also kind of hurts the environment whereas this would not it would be it would be such a massive game changer
0: definitely the part that go ahead
2: well, I, I kind of look at it from a different angle, so I don't want to derail, you know, your framework of going from national, whatever. No, no, so, that was just
0: the way I was thinking about it in my head, but it, so, it helps me think linearly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um,
2: the way that I'm sort of framing it in my mind is like you said. Let, let's let's not dissect the validity of these three Koreans' achievements, but I, I think it's important to like to analyze maybe the probability of it so like let's just say that that this one is the final solution well then you have like you have like raw material inputs that go into this and and their raw materials were like lead uh, copper phosphorus and they heated them up and combined them so like those three inputs obviously um, would get much higher demand but but like where i land on this probably is like I think these guys discovered something profound, but like they're not the final solution. So I think like the what they what they really did is kind of like triggered the global mindshare to be like, holy shit! Like we were thinking about this in a different in a different way. You guys sort of unlocked something. Like maybe it's like a a, a different combination of inputs. Like maybe it's like lead. Gold and phosphorus, or something, and you you can kind of like continue to iterate on that. Mm. But my my framework is always um, sort of financial based. So like the way that I think about this is like you know how can we all sort of like predict a future that has you know superconductivity as a part of it, and and how do how do we as individuals benefit? So what I think is like I just think of the supply chain. I think starting from raw materials to fabrication Mm -hmm. to tech companies that ultimately deliver products to the end user yeah and like i i think about investment strategies at each point along the way okay so what do you got happy to talk about it like i think um if if we take the 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 three that the
0: that the original could you explain where we think like before we agree on like like before we dissect like what the financial plays are, can we agree like what the industries? So, like your supply chain methodology, I think is very good. So, like what industries will be most impacted. Yeah, yeah. Like by what, what does it solve first? Like I'm I'm curious yeah, yeah. what you guys came up with.
2: So, like with that, I think of it in two two different components. I, I think you guys accurately identified both. One is like the 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 conductivity, meaning like the the passing of electrons in a very efficient manner. And then you also have this like magnetic byproduct component mm-hmm. and I think in both cases they're incredibly useful I think the one that that is like most easily tangible and identifiable is that conductivity component where it's just like mm-hmm. I was talking to uh, my buddy who's an engineer at Qualcomm and, and like literally his his entire job is to create max throughput of like electrical components meaning like all you want to do is have electrons move in a in a lossless way to to your end state and his his point was like if if this superconductive material exists then we we basically just like increase our bandwidth of data transfer by orders of magnitude that we can't even fathom so this would this would improve like ai you know ar vr all of this like sort of futuristic world that we can kind of see with our eyes already that like becomes a reality but then i think the magnetism component is is even more dreamy Hmm. because that part creates a world that that we're not even familiar with like i know steven talked about the the nuclear fission component of magnetism but like what um my buddy alan was talking about he's like imagine a world where you use magnetism um where, where imagine a world where everything levitates like that that's basically his like starting point. Um, he's he's saying something like along the lines of like if you like just take a car for instance. Yeah, take a car, exactly. take a car as you understand it now, you have that like that battery component, and this Better battery experience. will go like very long, long extended live based on just the, the efficiency of the just the battery. electron transfer. But then now imagine like the the mechanics change because like you can actually have an axle affect a a wheel like you can have an axle affect a wheel without ever touching it yeah so it's like that becomes so efficient because like if you use magnetism from an axle to a tire the tire still spins but they never actually touch just magnetically they made
0: me think about hyperloop
2: yeah hyperloop is is for sure a certainty under this scenario but like that's confined by like a a fixed track you know Mm -hmm. but like you can you can just like have sort of like your own vehicle that, yeah. that moves
0: everything would uh, utilize this technology yeah
2: everything utilizes technology and, and i think that magnetism side of it we we like our our imagination is the only limitation because like i like i can't even imagine a world where nothing touches but it it ultimately is affected by Wait,
1: so you're saying instead of a world where we have physical things like connecting yeah. each other it would be better in a lot of ways to You know push pull and like you know distribute force via magnetism we don't do that right now because it's extraordinarily like energy inefficient to generate those magnetic fields but if this happens then it's not and then maybe all of these engines and parts are just
2: floating uh, (laughs) yeah yeah and like his his point was like anything that you need to rotate like right now it uses friction but like Mm -hmm. in that world Friction is eliminated, and now everything becomes more efficient. And it's like this has ramifications that we cannot even conceive.
1: Yeah, you know, like all of the energy in the world we use to do that, where a huge chunk of that is normally lost to to heat, basically. Yeah. Now is not lost and doesn't have to be created in the first place because it's not lost or it can be used to do other stuff. But it's
2: but it's much easier to dream on the first component, which is just like being able to to transfer electricity um, efficiently. So like. I don't know which one we can talk about both, but like in my, in my opinion, like from like an investment thesis, like one of those, you know, like the, the conductivity component is much more investable now than, than this like magnetism component, which is like, you're literally dreaming on like.
0: So I want to get into like the financial plays here, but before we do, I do want to kind of talk about like, the technological implications this has. And I just still feel like we're in the middle of the conversation, but I don't think we've done a good job of expressing what a fundamentally monumental thing this is. Again, you can sit there and debate if this is the one and this is the event, but I view it as an inevitability. And I think that it did not occur to me how... uh, fundamental of a change this is technologically this really is like an industrial revolution the next industrial you know what a big
1: thing we haven't even mentioned yet is hmm. is, is is quantum computing so right? that's thank you
0: you always do that by the way you we, we're, we're on the same page when it comes yeah okay, i stuff.
1: like when we're in sync no
0: we're in sync so <laughs> i want to discuss the technological implications of this because i think we're not digging into enough what a transformative technology this so let's, actually is. let's use is. a simple
2: analogy because I was thinking about this too and I think the analogy for me is like when Marconi um, invented the radio I don't think he, he envisioned that all of us you know years later have a supercomputer in our pocket that's untethered that we can access every piece of information that's ever been created like one thing that, that sort of like you know capturing of radio waves led to right Life as we know it now. This to me feels like that. That's it's a very like good analogy. Transformational. That and we can't That's even we can't even comprehend the way that life looks, um, you know, because of what this unlocks.
0: Yeah. So I do want to talk about that, Stephen. Like so, there's a few big things that come out of this for me. It's like supercomputers, AI, accelerating ML algorithms, climate modeling, um, financial modeling, by the way, and drug discovery are like some big ones that really stood out to me. But just on this point of like supercomputers. So quantum computers are going to be more scalable as a result of this. And this is incredibly exciting for so many reasons. Like quantum quantum computing is still very infant as I understand it, right? It is very difficult to scale. It's very difficult to repeat. It's very sensitive. It's very, um, you know, it requires... Uh, the same components that the same issues that we've had with achieving the superconductor we experienced that same i think i think one of the problems right is
1: that like it's it's very sensitive to to, you know you have a computer and you have like a fan and you have to cool it um and on the quantum level that's even more like of, of an issue you have to have these things like very very cold is my understanding yeah
0: so like the qubits the quantum bits right um they've Needed near-zero temperatures, which is difficult and yeah. expensive. And um, I mean, it would
1: be like having like a CPU in your computer that does the calculations. You don't need a fan because it doesn't it doesn't give off any heat like that. Yep. There's there's no there's no yep. resistance. So this makes it possible.
0: It. This makes it more possible. It doesn't mean that it's like an overnight thing that occurs just because we have a superconductor. But it yeah. makes the research in quantum computing and the progress that will occur in quantum computing, much more likely that we make that scalable. And what does that mean? I mean, like classical systems are zeros and ones. This is zeros, ones or both, right? So it's like the amount of complexity um, that can occur, especially in things like AI is where I'm really, really excited. So you've got accelerating machine learning algorithms leading to just generally smarter systems. And I think the financial modeling thing for you guys is gonna be very interesting because it's like, You know, if you start to think about this, is like trading on crack. Is the
1: reason this is possible because, like, a quantum computer can just perform so many more raw calculations per orders of magnitude more, and we can kind of simulate things that we can't simulate now? Like, like, we we can talk about this later, but, like, one of the things with cryptography, right, is that, like, it can't be cracked because we can only do... X number of exactly. guesses per second to break the code, but like a quantum computer might be able to crack these algorithms in, in a very reasonable amount of time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you can look at things more probabilistically, right? It's like this whole Schrodinger thing, like Schrodinger's equation. And like being able to look at things probabilistically in a quantum way means that I don't quite know exactly where the dog is in the house, but if I needed to find the dog in the house, I'm able to use quantum like mechanics to narrow down an area of the house i'm using an example analogy here to go like that's where this is occurring but that's the same thing that occurs with ai like a a large language model is ultimately doing a lot of things similar to that if you're trying to calculate an endpoint calculate an outcome in something like ultimately you need to parse through an infinite amount a large amount of data to be able to do these things so it's going to benefit us in ai tremendously and I've been thinking about, okay, if NVIDIA was so bullish for AI because of the GPUs, if uh, room temperature superconductors, you know, RTS, we'll call it, what companies will benefit the most from this publicly traded company stocks that I could buy and the company that is, if we can shift into this a little bit, the company that is like most well suited that I've found is IBM. IBM is the number one leader and investor in quantum computing. They are so ready for this more than anybody else. And if you look at their stock, I mean I'm not a charter, but if you look at their stock, like it has not been a sexy stock even yeah. over the last decade. They
2: sort of missed every technological wave. Uh, they missed like uh Basically the internet, they missed mobile, they missed, they were in on
1: They're like the loser of losers.
0: Yeah, But this could be huge for them, huge. Because they are literally studying the exact type of quantum bit and a scale, like this will scale their system, their research, at the forefront of it more than Google even. Like Google has a department that is focused on this as well with quantum computing, but IBM invests even more into this, into their research, into the labs, into everything they're doing. They have the product that, that is, Poised for this, well suited for this. So it's interesting. I, I want I want you guys to dig more into that and what they're doing to see like how this could potentially. Well, you,
2: you're kind of like jumping jumping ahead a little bit for me because like I, I my th- my plan was to sort of like talk about like you mentioned Nvidia and as it pertains to AI, I think it's like a it's like a pretty good proxy where you see like how value accrues to an industry um, in in like a waterfall. Like where where you you start with like, the the ones that are selling the picks and the shovels and then it, and then it like falls down to the app layer or whatever years down the road, like the way that I see this happening with like the the superconductor, it's like first you start with raw materials. Like the raw materials is the first sure, input. But are they
0: rare materials? Like are they rare earth materials? My understanding is no. Not. But if
2: like the demand goes off the chart, then like yeah. the price of lead does what? And the price of copper does what? Yeah. Then like all these things actually are very valuable sure. in the near term. So I, like for me, the way that I would look to trade, the way that I look to play it, first of all, trade and, and, and invest in there are two different things. Like we talked about this in the Discord, just a quick aside, like Stephen was saying um, in the Discord, like let's look at some like certain narrative plays, like these little like shit companies that like have quantum computing in the name that we can just buy and like quickly flip out of. And I think it was Eric Puncher, in the discord who was like that they aren't going to be the ultimate winner. It's like, that's not the point to like, you can trade a narrative differently than you can like invest in a value accrual mechanism over years. Right. So when I'm, when I'm just, I'll just ignore trading for now. I'll focus on like the value investing style, Mm -hmm. value investing style for me looks like this. If this is real, then like the raw material, inputs are going to become much more valuable. Yeah. So that'd be mining companies. That'd be like Freeport Moran, Rio Tinto, Vale, like the, the massive companies that already
1: mine. Companies that mine lead specifically, probably.
2: Yeah, so there's no pure plays in like lead because it was like le- right. such a commoditized element. But like there are um elements that do have pure plays. So like phosphorus is a is an input to the to the Korean uh solution here and you know there are there are pure play phosphorus mining companies those were specifically designed because uh phosphorus is used in fertilizers so if if their mines become just immediately more valuable well that's a good play Mm -hmm. um so that would be like potash agrium mosaic I, i used to live in the prairies of canada where all this shit uh was mined so like i'm familiar with this stuff but like you you start with like the mining companies yeah and then it, and then you go to the fabrication and i my understanding of this is like the difficulty is really on the fabrication like how do you take the, these like three elements and combine them in the in the specific way and under the specific heat the specific conditions that create super conductive material and that sounds hard you know like so for me that would, that would be like who is who is really on advanced fabrication now that's like Taiwan Semi that's like people that are following in the footsteps of Taiwan Semi that are probably US companies there's, there are like micro caps yeah. small caps we're, that are like we're
1: going down the weeds here a little bit um, but th- there's like I think some important nuance here. like when we talk about investing in AI versus invex- investing in superconductors like it seems to me like the the timeline for superconductors is way longer right and there's, there's like kind of nuance in the, like, they, like not all superconductors are created equal, right? For example, like there's an important limitation, which is like how much current can actually pass through them. One that can withstand like a lot versus little is, is, is much more valuable, has more applications. Right. And there's a manufacturing process layered on top of that. Like we had a similar challenge in manufacturing semiconductors. It took us like three, four decades to get that manufacturing process so precisely nailed down to the point where we have these, like the semiconductors we have today and the
0: same thing is going to, I think this is more like a five to 10 year thing though. I think we see real world implications and, and tangible things in five years. And I think in 10 years you see like, whoa, this is drastically changed. Like maybe
1: like, maybe like in the way where we had like the first semiconductor, right. But like the difference between like having like the iPhone today versus you know, the computers that took up like a whole room or whatever. There will be much more
0: ago. investment that goes in this direction and research that goes in this direction because it's a game-changing technology. But I, For I, sure. I I think
2: I agree with Steven where it's like when you try to identify sort of like the, the end tech company that's servicing the end user on something that is so far down the road, it's like increasingly more difficult to do that than it is to like identify sort of like higher higher up like the supply chain so so for me when when <clears throat> when I'm talking but, about like the end the end case like tech company the answer to me is simple it's like <clears throat> the incumbents like the people like the, the companies that have the most resources the best access to brilliant labor etc so I feel like Google Microsoft IBM is probably a good example of that it's still like Nvidia like we think of IBM as like some failure it's probably still like I haven't even looked at it. it's probably 50 billion dollars for GPUs yeah. As so, well. so all of like all Nvidia of these just companies got like a double up. So all of these of companies probably are the winners of this at the end of the day. Yeah. So like if if I was going to invest in sort of like the end use case, I would just bet on the incumbents because I think they will all benefit because they have massive advantages of scale, capital, labor.
1: Mm. The my, my understanding is that well obviously this is like complicated. Chips, Intel. One of the first industries, I think, to really benefit, I think, is is actually is quantum computing. Um, and some of the Dika brains I chat with, you know, as soon as this came out, they were on this. And that was sort of the conclusion that came out. Um, and, and there there is actually like it's complicated. There's like certain subsets of quantum computing, like certain ways to do it and certain ways, which benefit Correct. more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like superconducting qubits or something. Right. <laughs> it's like and like for example, I
0: learned that Microsoft is investing in a different qubit technology. So they're like off when it comes to this scenario whereas IBM is directly investing in superconducting qubits of the type that is necessary for this future.
1: Yeah, like my my YOLO play I made last week was a ticker uh with a company called Rigetti uh RG ti um smaller cat play um not financial advice but that's like one of the the things like i kind of put money in if people want to do their own research and look at that but that kind of fell into this realm of 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 quantum computing and wasn't like an obvious mm. scam company with like just Complete dog shit financials.
2: So that's a small cap. And just for um, those following along and that, that want to participate, Steven shared uh, Rigetti Computing in our Discord. I remember the morning that you did that. And my immediate response was like, oh, like let's look up the options chain on RGTI. I did. And yeah, I was if like, you got
1: in that, I should have bought options. <laughs> and so <laughs> I look at the options here. chain.
2: I'm like, oh, these are incredibly cheap. Like by that afternoon, those options were up 30% that I was looking at so like
0: <laughs> Jeez.
2: there there are opportunities out here and particularly like joining in the discord mm-hmm. is a good way to like find these opportunities
0: okay discord eh what a plug and i mean of course even things like more downstream but like batteries ev technology tesla is going to benefit from this Dude, i think the i think the batteries um, are even
2: like lower hanging fruit than yeah. the quantum computing like batteries just seem mm. like an easy
1: win
0: yeah yeah but I, the think the, I, think I think I think the I think the man my instrument.
1: understanding is that the manufacturing process for this like the battery is is like it's gonna be like a little it's gonna take a bit but again you know not a doctor
0: so what do you guys think can we, are are we satisfied with that or do you want do you have more financials uh, do you have no more I mean plays I, here I feel because I I have a question I want to get to if you're ready I got for it. I got one more thing I'm buying okay. well plant the seed I want to know what the future looks ticker like.
1: ticker symbol T E C K tech it's a minor. Okay.
0: Lead. It's a minor. Yeah. A minor Although that, that mine's lead. There, there was, there was a. a the, by, by the way, I've been following this on. Because the country is very important for this as well. Like, you know, look, that's a big like where, <laughs> like where. They're in Canada. I okay. Think. Yeah, Canada has um,
1: a lot, right? Yeah. So one one of the things I've been doing that I also want to talk about is like I've been glued to X. God, I hate that. Looking at this, like since this came out, I've been. Following this in real time, it's been fascinating. You're seeing this like real time collaboration of scientists trying to replicate these results. And you've got certain accounts who are like way smarter than I am on this obviously. And they actually can like read and interpret this data kind of like, live tweeting everything as it's like happening and explaining stuff and it's moving so fast that even preparing for this episode was like hard and like right before we went to do this episode i saw another thing recently came out where like another chinese team was sort of there's been this balance between people doing like kind of experiments to replicate it and then also trying to do these theoretical calculations to try to explain you know this the structure and how it works and like how you could kind of um maybe build upon that um and one of the teams was like this could be greatly improved by using gold instead mm-hmm. and that would be wild like if if that ends up being true and then there's just gold in every single like hmm. <laughs> piece of wiring throughout the world um and that's like an interesting investment thesis because it's not like if you ape into gold it's gonna like go down like If uh, <laughs> if right. it doesn't happen it's something you kind of already want to own anyway, but that might be dramatically mispriced because it's not being priced for a world where it has all of this like utility beyond jewelry and some yeah. niche like electronics. I
2: completely agree with you. I think that, that this like initial iteration by the three Koreans is not the final solution,
0: but it will cause it'll be the catalyst to the for catalyst
2: to tension,
0: yeah, energy, dollars, which will drive this the,
2: the global mind share to and then Cassie Wood
0: it. will find a way to capitalize on all of it. By creating, as Matt in the chat just said, Arc Superconductor ETF, which I agree with. It's like there will be someone that that groups these companies together in the right way to help you make a lot of money.
2: And I'd probably short that and buy whatever <laughs> Steve's <was> talking about. <laughs> You'd be about. making a huge mistake <laughs> because betting <laughs> against Kathy is
0: fundamentally wrong. <laughs> Kathy always wins. On the right time horizon. You you, you can't just, like, bait me right before you try to segue to something. Sure I can. It's ridiculous. What do you want to talk about? Oh, I just want to know. I mean, what do you guys think the future looks like with this? I mean, this is uh, a profound uh, upgrade to our species, and there's so many crazy things happening all at the same time. It's like aliens, this, um, crypto appears bullish. You know, I don't know. There's just so many wild things happening at the same time. And in particular with this, it's like, if you really sit back and you think about what is required for the singularity to occur, is there any bottleneck at all? We've got AI exploding, the amount of dollars, the amount of smart people working in that space, it's just exploding. So we appear to be closer and closer to artificial general intelligence, AGI, than ever before. OpenAI is talking about gathering a group of people to to invest heavily in this space specifically of, like, we got to get ready for AGI in the next two years level. And then you've got this that's just occurred, which is directly a catalyst for the technological advancements within AI. So, I mean, we just appear from my, like, from where I'm sitting, moving... Faster and faster and faster toward the singularity. And the singularity defined as the moment, if you could even define it as a moment, where general super intelligence exceeds the intelligence of a basic organic human being. And we eventually have to merge. Uh, whether we choose to merge or not is a different question, but just that the intelligence itself supersedes our intelligence. So, like, that just appears to be getting pulled forward more and more quickly with stuff like this. And I, I view it as like no coincidence either. It's like Ray Kurzweil sitting there going like, yep, right on time. I don't want
2: to derail the conversation, but do you think that there's like a, do you think there's any um, correlation between the fact that Congress is talking about aliens and stuff now and That's a great question. And now we're talking now we have this like novel technology I like, don't know. on our What's doorstep going on
1: with all that. Dude, people linked the aliens and the LK99 the uh, the the superconducting alleged superconducting material in on 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 Twitter. They like they were like the patent for the patent for this thing references this Navy UFO patent from the 90s, and people were going crazy on it.
0: We still have no direct <laughs> evidence of these aliens, though, right? Like, I mean, it's just someone saying that someone said to them that we have aliens.
2: So I'm like, I'm so far removed and from any of the tech. like conspiracy-ness or whatever. But it's like, not a conspiracy. But like, this is not a conspiracy. I'm not, I'm
1: not that bullish. But like, on in
2: the aliens. Congress, they did talk about aliens like they had like a full panel on it
0: this this senior person talked about having access to people and information that confirmed to him secondhand that we have alien tech and that we've been hiding it and he felt the need to become an official whistleblower
2: and like and i think it was his word like I, i don't want to speak his words i don't i don't know but like my understanding is that he said there's there's like two components of that one is like these flying objects that we that we have no way of identifying but then there's also like biological material that's non-human and I'm like for that allegedly like for that shouldn't we just talk about that like shouldn't that be pretty shared well, like they've denied it so I, I don't really want to take this down an alien path but like <laughs> I mean I know
0: I don't ever mind talking about aliens
2: but like the <laughs> fact that that exists at the exact same time this sprouts up is probably got Marty going I don't know <laughs>
0: i don't know i don't know what to give the alien thing because i still just would like to see the evidence itself and i'd like us to have discourse about it as a society and maybe we're getting closer to that maybe we're taking steps toward it i don't know
1: 2023 might be a wild year in retrospect like we look back and we're like yeah that was the year we created uh AI basically created the inevit- inevitability of AGI, we created superconductors and also we discovered aliens. And then the stock market kind of went up and these like idiots were like, "Oh, it's a bear market rally." And then yeah. it went up 20x in the next day. Yeah, and
2: imagine like imagine being bearish <laughs> on all this and like I'm at, like east down still over 50% from its all-time highs like it's fucking time to buy, basically.
0: Well, this this whole superconductor thing is incredibly bullish for our economy. the world like the world yeah it really is it leads us it
1: leads us like closer towards like a sort of we've talked a little bit about like what like a post-scarcity world looks (laughs) like Uh, protopia like one of the most critical things that we still kind of like kill each other over is energy Mm -hmm. so making that like can you imagine if energy was basically just like air
0: but the the challenge is that it, it won't be these things don't come without cost these these things don't come without conflict and that's also something that wait I why not no, why about. why why not because because that it's a, because it's a superpower technology it will be controlled it will be held by it, it's like if the wait, hold on I, I don't understand
1: wait, I don't understand this are, are you saying that like one country is going to figure out how to manufacture this and then like hoard it and then they'll have the tech and nobody else will? No.
0: Not at all. Not one country, but countries, some countries will have an advantage over others. Absolutely. This will So we're going probably to probably like globalize the, the wealth gap like, more than anything ever has. Absolutely, I agree with
2: that, but I don't think it, uh, Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. I the logic? think the logic
2: applies. So like I think I think I'm confused. To, to your point like increasing of the wealth gap, I agree because like I was thinking about this earlier when I said like in my estimation, like the end, the end state of this is like where does the value accrue? It's probably to the incumbents. Like the winners mm-hmm. of today have like this massive advantage to to use this new tech in right. a way that services customers uh, better than a startup. I, I think I agree right. with Hold you up, there. Hold up,
1: w- wouldn't wouldn't you agree that that hasn't been true throughout history?
2: I think that's where I'm going with this. Is like where where I disagree is that like. When you get like a massive technological shift, like the internet that just sort of exists globally, I think people benefit, like the end user benefits. And, you know, there are sort of companies that exist to capture some of that value, but like m- most of it is just like an end state benefit where it's like...
0: But you just made an argument that's perfect for this to describe exactly what's going on. The countries that have access to internet are the ones that are the most... Uh, developed the ones that are not developed don't have access to internet yes and a large but percentage but, but, but of the world is still not online wait but one of the huge issues is
1: that a lot of these countries can't get like cheap abundant energy like if you
0: solve that problem doesn't that just close the gap like very rapidly yeah but their ability to get cheap abundant energy depends on their ability to spend on research and development and manufacturing no it
1: doesn't like if we have like and immense cheap we'll just give them energy in the same way
0: that we just give them money to today. Like why? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they have to follow our rules first before we give it to them.
1: Look in this like the maybe
0: it becomes our new way of expressing ex- exercising control over other nations. What did we do before? We went into nations and accumulated their natural resources, put them into debt, and then told them what to but, do. But, but, but we, have a, we have a globalized supply the chain like in the future where most of the
1: chips are not even manufactured in the US anyway. Doesn't matter we're just going to build superconductor manufacturing facilities in the u.s and hoard all the tech no
0: they're not probably going to be all built in the u.s certain countries will be better at manufacturing them than others depends back to eric's model look at the supply chain where the raw materials come from great let's understand that first is there going to be a material that is rare earth at all and will there be a high demand for it with a low supply well we have to figure that out too Will we be able to create a superconductor with different types of materials, and not just this unique set that we found out? Like all of these are important factors. Then the ability to manufacture it, which certain countries are an advantage for, it, and others are behind. If you're telling me that Uganda is going to be just as well off as the United States, or Taiwan, pushing. like they, like there's no yeah, way, no chance, like, there's no chance. Like the countries I'm not that just make headway well
1: first, off. I'm just going to say that their gap is going to close relative to us. Like, are we not gap? going to sell
0: the gap of what?
1: The gap between like their their poor their, their poverty rate versus our baseline. It's going to continue to close, as it has since like the dawn of capitalism.
0: No, I think eventually. But I think this is where UBI comes into place. I think this is where our ability to coordinate around all of this comes comes into play. Like I think that there's going to be a wider wealth gap. We're going to control nations. There's going to be like an OPEC for superconductors. And I think that that OPEC of superconductors is going to try to bully around other countries, tell them what to do and in order to get access to this energy and this technology. Wait, 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 they'll but, have but, to what, play by the rules. But, so, well, why, why, do, what,
1: why does that happen? Like, we're talking about something... That's currently made with copper and lead. I think right? you're
0: looking at it in too much of like a utopian way. No, I'm not. It's just like one of the this like abundant thing that everybody like has. Gets. The wealth gap even but narrowed what
2: is today. Like just based on current tech. Like, do you think Uganda has closed the wealth gap relative Uganda to is the a, Western world? I don't of think coor, so. What?
1: Of course they have. What are you talking about? Like I the don't think so. capitalism has brought <laughs> like billions of people out of poverty in the last hundred years. Like the Congo is thriving. Like, no, these are not, these are not debatable facts. Like you can go look at any objective measure of poverty throughout the world over the last century. It's like, it's not even close. Like capitalism has lifted quite literally billions of people out of poverty. Um, You may be correct in that some elements of, I don't know if it's capitalism or the way we do money here in the U S has created a wealth gap within our borders. Right. But like at the bottom end of the spectrum, Right, well, like the people at the bottom are being raised up very, very rapidly. I think there are two
2: different arguments. One is the widening of the wealth gap, and you're arguing that the bottom raises. Like there are two different arguments. The the bottom can raise, and the wealth gap can widen, um, and those two things can
0: Good exist. Good distinction. Important distinction. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're conflating too many things here, though. Like the, the <laughs> only because you're wrong. <laughs>
0: Well, you, you raised the point. I'm that's not wrong. You guys decisions. are literally
1: arguing about like facts that have happened over the last century, like that. They're, like you can just look up and are not matters of opinion. So I'm not so I'm your not wealth wrong. wealth gap has narrowed. No one's one disagreeing. The, 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 the wealth gap. Yes, the wealth gap on a on. global level you're has narrowed on, greatly, you're and that's some on people, people
0: capitalism raising people out of poverty. Great. Sure. Got it. You get that point. But like, let's let's go into the deeper thing here. It's like, how does it relate to superconductors? How does it relate to our future? I think that's going to cause more conflict. I think this doesn't come without cost. That is I, I, I just, like, so disagree with this because a everything lot of the... Everything has always come with a cost. No, things and
1: have come with... The, like, it. Like, a lot of the root of violence and everything is it, it, it is around, like, scarcity, right? So we've fought around oil because there's, like, a fixed amount of oil. We've talked about maybe having conflict over, like... Manufacturing like batteries and stuff because they rely on rare earth minerals. There's a finite amount Stephen, of them. To get If we, to we the can point manufacture something, if we can manufacture something that it comes from lead and copper, that is very different from like manufacturing something that relies on like large amounts of like say like lithium. So like when they're we not only the same. Have So
0: much of it, and it's a finite source for a while until it is so abundant that we don't care anymore and we go, you want some? You want some? Sure, I'll give you some. We have it tons of time lead and copper. to get to the point. We have tons, no, tons of lead and copper. We have tons of the raw material. Yes. We don't have tons of iPhones that last 10 days and that don't lose any battery life over 10 years. We don't have that Right, yet. because uh, your, iPhone, your iPhone requires a lot of lithium. We don't have GPUs yet that are you know, 10 times of the computing power that they are today. Once we have all those things at scale, then sure, I can believe in a world where there's abundance. And yeah, sure, Jimmy can have some and Sally can have some over in you know Sweden and China. It's like no big deal. But that takes time. And in that time that it takes, there is a war that will occur. There's conflict that will occur. And there are alliances that Why will Why is occur. there
1: going to be a conflict over lead?
0: because everyone will want to get this technology but we have plenty
1: possible. of these raw materials like no, you don't have the conflict if there's not, not a the scarcity over of the letters, raw materials it seems the conflict over
0: our ability to manufacture yes. the things that result the bottleneck in the goodness that you want better energy grids you want better all the things that right but want. what it is the bottleneck
1: time. in manufacturing and why will there be a bottleneck like what is going to be the bottleneck in manufacturing because not every
0: things? country can manufacture
1: So, but like we have a, but like that's the whole point of like globalism. Like, we, like, not every country is equally good at like getting fish. Not every country is equally good at like growing wheat. Not every country is equally good at
0: Zihan. We're not in that world anymore as well. So, which one is it going to be? Is it going to be an isolated world that's not so globalist and our oceans are not going to be patrolled for us anymore? And we're not going to have open free trade? Or is it going to be the one where there is? And I think that if we're moving toward a world where borders are closing, we're getting more secure about bringing manufacturing back home. What you have back home becomes critically more important. Your ability to manufacture these things at home without reliance on other countries becomes more important. That point
1: is like irrespective of like superconduct. They're just like another thing that is manufactured, though. All right.
0: We can disagree. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that to the, w- think the wealth that gap this widens is going to like the, the idea that like come cost, I I
1: just don't get the idea that like because we have superconductors the wealth gap widens I just I'm you're just fixated not on that,
0: that but my deeper point is that I do believe this makes the world better yes but it will not come overnight and it will not come without cost to some countries Agreed. and it will hurt a lot of people in the world until that end product becomes so abundant that I, it I no just, longer has value. I just don't understand who's getting
1: hurt and why. Well,
0: we'll see. I don't know. We're talking about shit that uh, doesn't exist. It's in the future. Yeah,
1: I know. That's why I'm trying to parse it out. I'm like, I just went to like, yeah,
0: how does that happen? Um, what do we got in the chat? What's chat saying? The
1: chat, all the chat can talk about is why you left a thing of a tobacco chew on Nick's chair. Who well, Who did? <laughs> It's the whole oh. chat right now. It's, it's like, an accurate representation of, <laughs> of like, Nick. Wait.
0: You're talking about oh, like a
1: post-scarcity okay. universe. Is and uh, Yeah.
0: Zinn? Zinn, Nick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's
1: literally a comment about cocaine and hookers in the chat. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> we don't do any of that. Oh, man. <laughs> like yeah. Cocaine. So, I mean, maybe to, to kind of like uh, begin to bring it home and round it out. I, I don't know. Your guys' thoughts on this? This is a big topic. It's been it's been really interesting, but I do think, to my question, that this is, assuming this is it, and assuming if it's not it, we're there soon in the next couple of years. This is like the defining catalyst um, for the singularity. Like this makes all the things that the singularity requires, which is mainly. AI and supercomputing. Yeah, okay. Possible. Okay. That was, that's what like I Like, This is the b- upgrade that was necessary to bring us superintelligence ultimately, right? This this gives us
1: supercomputing and the supercomputing with the AI gives us everything we everything, ever want. Yeah.
0: Everything. To the point where depending on who you ask what is your s- uh, definition of the singularity, you know, one philosopher's uh, blanking out his name right now is like where we don't become recognizable anymore like we will be so beyond anything it'll be like more different than us and neanderthals like that is the level of upgrade we're talking about here that's going to be fucking shocking and that's in our lifetime so um yeah this is a huge huge thing huge thing
1: yeah things are moving fast now And I think it's going to be weird to readjust to because I think we went through a period where things actually stopped moving fast. Right. And we stopped doing a lot.
2: Oh, was that your take on the last
0: episode? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're done with that phase? (laughs) Is that phase over? Wait, can we
1: just mention how I was like a bottom signal in physics last week? That was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is great. For those that don't know, can you share what happened? Oh,
1: I was ranting about how physics hasn't done anything like meaningful that's like impacted our lives, like on the level of you know Einstein or Oppenheimer so. or Heisenberg which, which in I the last like thirty or forty years. I thoroughly disagree. Which, by doesn't. the way, a couple of people on Twitter got very upset with me over, and I maintain that they're wrong. Um, Including myself. But like right is right in the middle of the rant, actually. Like Cameron in the chat was like, uh, "I think we just made a superconductor," and I remember <laughs> reading it like, "What?" And I went home after the episode and looked at it, and I was like, oh, shit.
0: Oh, it happened during our episode? Yeah, he, he
1: said oh it in the God. chat. I, don't know.
2: <laughs> I do want to wrap soon, but, like, can I ask you this, though? Like, as it pertains to crypto, does, like, does, does quantum computing disrupt, like, the SHA-256 um, encryption model? Like, are we at risk of, like, anything that's sort of, in, like, encryption-based based on, like, pre-quantum? Tech is is that all fucked or
1: is that? I mean, Shaw's fucked, as far as I understand it. Like you could just brute force. You can brute force
2: it. They have this like difficulty uh, mechanism that changes every two weeks, but you could just like fucking take it over the like? difficulty
1: thing i don't think has anything to do with like how difficult it is to crack it that's just like a mining thing yeah but, but like in but they leagues, i mean this is beyond like bitcoin right this is like all of your passwords and all encrypted data on the internet yeah, yeah kind of so, wild actually
2: so you know as we talk about the risks here like we briefly glossed over them i think that could be a massive
1: risk it's it's kind of like a i feel like people in crypto are kind of like whistling past the graveyard in it a little bit um i'm sure somebody some gigabrain out there has already thought up a solution and how we fork and fix it that that i'm not aware of but it i don't know like there's been a lot of technologies throughout time that think they're cool and then something comes up and it just wipes them out and they don't notice it because they think they're sort of entrenched and everything's fine i'm not saying that will happen but it but it has happened um and if this stuff moves very quickly, it's something I'd be concerned about. But I also don't think it's I going to move that quickly.
0: So. I don't know about that, but isn't it huge for cryptography as a whole? Quantum cryptography?
1: I mean, we have to create new kinds of cryptography. Mm, yeah, yeah, like right?
2: new protection mechanisms, because what
0: we currently use probably gets broken by quantum computing. Right, so it's like uh, great and terrible for yeah, security. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the same time. Just like every technology
2: but like with with eth your the mechanism is based on staked eth, so it's not based on brute force uh mm-hmm. hash power, so is that like is that safer than than bitcoin
1: so in the chat is saying that uh ethereum uses keycac two five six I don't know if that's a real thing, but shit, it's more secure okay I don't know oh, if that makes it quantum my proof, bags. but safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I could uh, tell you that I was very familiar with the uh, cryptography, but I mostly, I mostly draw lines. I have a rudimentary knowledge of cryptography. Um. Anyway, do you guys have any, uh,
0: any parting thoughts today? No, but I think that um, we're living in an absolutely wild time, and I think it's real. We are in a
1: wild time, and it's crazy how sometimes you don't realize it's you're a wild it. time when you're in yeah, it. Like on the you're just kind of uh But you look back no and you go, tell. holy holy crap that was that was wild
0: i i guess my question for you guys is do you guys think this is i mean we don't fucking know but like is this it or not you know is this the defining moment or eh, you know blooper And uh, we'll be back in like two years. I
1: think the prediction markets have it at like 30 percent right now, which is a pretty
0: high percentage for something that would
1: change the nature of humanity. Yeah. Um, I've seen like, you know, top scientists on Twitter, however you want to define that. I've seen numbers from like two to like 10 percent. But even I feel like even two percent with this is like a. It's a crazy massive high, it's a massive expected value because the value, even with a tiny probability, is so high. And then we also have to consider the fact that even if this isn't it, like what's happened with it, it's sort of like put a crack in the door, and like somebody else is going to be able to just come in and kick it down a lot more easily now. Like it'll lead to something exactly, which will, like, I, I, I feel like, it is an inevitability. Yeah, I feel like it's, it is, it is for sure an inevitability, but like it's kind it's of a, a question huge of like next year or next year, either way
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: well just happy to be here uh watching it all well, i'll be depth, ready to
0: jump on those uh, trades at the moment that you signal yes sir <laughs> and um yeah i want to hear more about some of those uh, companies that might expose themselves in the supply chain that are bullish for this i think that's where the alfalfa is for sure that and it'll be very interesting to think about all the industries that we need to get involved in to some degree it's gonna it's gonna be.
2: change our our whole view of the world, potentially, yeah. where we're like technologies that didn't exist, you know, like industries that didn't exist. Where it's like, yeah. oh wow,
0: hundred percent. All right, amazing. Thank you to the Alpha Alpha community, the chat for being here today. Chat going off, yeah. having their own just whole amazing. Conversation. I love the chat. We have I've been trying Kate, to Yeah, we have uh,
1: Kate in the chat giving us actual cryptography <laughs> Alpha, and then uh, Edmund is just he's just he's just trolling and admins well, ago he's talking about expelling protein or something i don't know what he's doing in there but. yeah
0: if you haven't already and you're in the chat please like the video um if you're watching on youtube please like the video send the signal to everybody that this was a good video and uh, like i said in the beginning a small thing you can do to help the podcast is share a recent episode with a friend and um spread the word talk to you guys next week see you soon until and next hello. time gentlemen thank Peace. you everybody See you. Bye-bye. bye bye bye